This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Missanelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Missanelli podcast, Thursday, September 14th. This is podcast episode. Number 111, brought to us by Bet Rivers, and we'll have some Bet Rivers selections coming up a little later in the podcast. We'll have Herm Edwards, the great Herm Edwards, will join us as today's guest, talking about the Eagles and the NFL. Uh, we'll have our fantasy football segment, our picks of the week. So let's roll with uh, the top part, which we call the current. It's football night in Philadelphia. Yes, Thursday night football, Eagles couple days removed from beating the New England Patriots, Eagles and Vikings tonight. And of course, the Vikings lost last week at home to Tampa Bay. The Eagles a little lackluster, but they did get a win against New England, which to me proves that a good team, even with not your A material, can survive and win a game. So let's get to the top story for tonight. As we lead into this game, the Eagles are shorthanded. They have four people out of the lineup, four starters out of the lineup tonight, and one rotation defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox a little banged up, so let's go over it. Kenneth Gainwell, who they love as their number one back, is out. Uh, also, no James Bradbury, uh, no Nicobe Dean, of course. He'll be out for several weeks. And no Reed Blankenship. And when he did that last week, we thought he'd just knocked the, the wind out of him, but he's got a rib situation now. So they're shorthanded. They're already shorthanded in linebacker, and now they're shorthanded in safety and cornerback against... Kirk Cousins. Now, Josh Job will start tonight at the cornerback position of Bradbury. Um, I don't know what this defensive coordinator is going to do. Gannon moved Slay, even though Slay doesn't like to be moved. They like to play him on one side. It'll be interesting what Sean Desai does tonight, whether he's going to have Slay cover Justin Jefferson or he's just going to play sides, which means Justin Jefferson going against Josh Job, which I'm not in favor of uh, that much. Uh, and here's the thing, T.J. Hawkinson, in the middle of the field. We saw last week the Eagles were vulnerable in the middle of the field. Now they're depleted safety-wise, depleted linebacker-wise. The line had been seven. It has been dropped to minus six. Still a healthy favorite at home, the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's dig into a few specifics of this game. Um, the Eagles rushing game, a little feeble last week. Uh, Gainwell was the lead back. They, they, they threw the ball 33 times, only 25 runs. So uh, who will they commit to tonight? Will they actually commit to running the football with DeAndre Swift, who had one carry last week, Rashad Penny was inactive, and Boston Scott? I don't know how they're going to parcel this out. Now, uh, the Vikings' rush defense is pretty good, and they were pretty good last week. They uh, held Tampa Bay to 73 yards. That's 2.2 yards per carry. Last week, even though they lost the game, they were good against the run. Jalen Hurts. Hmm. Belichick figured out a way to make him tentative on RPOs. And you saw last week, he didn't look like he had the same verb. He uh, uh, rushed 4.1 per run. Uh, so my question is, 
are these defenses now going to be catching up to what he did last year? That remains to be seen, but we'll have to look at that tonight, whether the same defensive game plan can be employed. Now, Belichick is obviously uh, a master and, and is more apt uh, than Vance Joseph to, to establishing some kind of defensive game plan. The Vikes passing defense last week, um, they gave up only 173 yards to Baker Mayfield, 5.1 yards per attempt. How did they lose this game? Well, you know how they lost this game, and we'll get to that in a second because it's Kirk Cousins. The Vikings and Brian Flores blitz a lot. Last week, get this, they sent five or more rushers eight times, or 18 times, excuse me, 18 times, which was the most in the league. Uh, Vikes gave up 5.1 yards per attempt versus Baker, which is way below the league average of 7.0. So if I'm looking at a game plan tonight, I would think the Eagles would do well to get the quick passing game going. Last year, the quick slant to A.J. Brown was unstoppable. I got to think that they would work on that uh, in this game tonight. Uh, They got pressure on Mayfield last week, 35% of the time on 35 dropbacks, but they only got one sack. So, again, it leads into Jalen Hurts getting rid of the ball quickly. Three turnovers by our pal. Yeah, there's a myth about Kirk Cousins that he's great in these primetime games. At Thursday, oh, he's money, but he stinks, all right? He's going to give up the ball. He fumbled twice last week. He got intercepted once. And uh, the, his success on these games, is, to me, is more coincidence uh, than it is uh, a clutch indicator. All right, so I, I don't think the Eagles will feel he'll – he'll give you the ball back, uh, and, and that's the end of that. So, so let's look at uh, uh, t- tonight. The Eagles are depleted. That will lead me to believe they're going to have trouble tonight. There are a lot of important people out in this game. Can the Vikings actually come in here on a Thursday night and win the game? I don't think so. If you can't win a game at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're not going to all of a sudden in a couple of days find religion and, and come to, to, to Philadelphia and win a game. So uh, I have the Eagles winning the game and covering the six. Uh, Darren, I'm going to go uh, 27 to 17 tonight for your Philadelphia Eagles. What say you? The game scares me a little bit in that what Minnesota does do well on offense is where not only the Eagles are weak, but they're also banged up. So, you know, they're going to they're going to really towards the middle of the field tonight. Uh, You know, we mentioned Hawkins is the highest paid tight end in football. He's a top three tight end, maybe top five at worst. He's really good. It's great hands. Jefferson had a did not have a good game last week. He was kind of upset afterwards. I think you're going to see him explode. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty high scoring affair. I, I think both teams are going to score tonight. I don't if I I don't like the game either way. I think the Eagles will will win, but it's going to be I don't I think Minnesota covers that number. I think we could be looking at a, something like a 30 to 27, 31, 27 type of game tonight. Wow. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot of points. OK, well, uh, I, I think the Eagles well, the win the game. Is, though, I think they, they win it fairly easy. They have that, to so. get Goddard involved early they have to go downfield early stretch the defense out early like they did not do last week okay all right well uh we shall see it's the mike missanelli podcast on the bet rivers network all right ladies and gentlemen today's special guest on the uh, mike missanelli podcast and we're so happy to have him on as a guest of course a a legend in in the football world and also in philadelphia as an ex-eagle 
a great NFL coach at college and now back as an ESPN football analyst. The great Herm Edwards joins us. Hello, Herm. How are you doing this morning? Uh, doing fantastic. Uh, so big game tonight, Herm, and I, I want to uh, address this right away with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. And from your perspective, okay, they go to the Super Bowl last year. And then they come back, and they look like, on paper, they should go back to the Super Bowl. But what are the perils of coming back after you've been to the Super Bowl and trying to restart a season when a lot of teams, let's face it, are going to really adjust to what you do? Well, obviously, you make the point that teams basically have watched you all season. You know, teams that go to Super Bowls obviously get a couple things happen. They lose coaches. They lose players. Um, they gain new coaches, they gain some new players. They have this uh, mindset of, oh, we can just go do it again. And I say this because we went through this. We were actually the first Eagle team to go to a Super Bowl. And we felt coming back next year, look, we shouldn't have lost to the Raiders. We just kind of screwed that game up and we're going to be fine. Well, not so fast. We were fine. We got back in the playoffs, but got eliminated in the first round. That's why it's so, so difficult to repeat. Now, New England Patriots have done it, but it's very difficult to repeat. Look, listen to this one. Eagles, bad game on the road against New England, but won. Kansas City at home, lost. They won a Super Bowl. So this is just part of it. How do you deal with success? How do you deal with everybody patting on your back, already crowning you, you're going back to the Super Bowl? It's very difficult. And here's the next thing that I witness in the National Football League. And I've said it many a times. The first three regular season games, don't even discount what you're watching. Discount what you're watching. They are basically preseason games of now the veterans playing football, which they select not to do anymore. They wear their baseball hats. They don't play. Okay, hum baby, I'm the baseball player now. Well, last time I checked, you play football. And when the preseason starts, I never missed a preseason start. I'll say it again. I never missed the preseason start. You have to play together as a football team. You see all these teams struggling early. Sloppy ball placements. Just, it's just sloppy because they never play together in a real game. And now you got to play 60 to 70 plays. Fatigue sets in. All these things become a part of the football game that basically you really haven't been involved in it since last year. And a lot of these guys and coaches select to don't play their veterans. I get it. Don't, I don't want a guy to get hurt. Aaron Rodgers got hurt on the fourth play of the, of the, of the series. So you're not an advocate of not playing guys in preseason. You, you would rather take the risk that they're, they're going to get hurt because it makes your team gel better to start the season. Here's what you know as a coach. There's 10% chance of guys going to get hurt. Whether it's in the preseason, regular season, guys get hurt. That's football. I was fortunate. I tell you my claim to fame. I never missed a practice. I never missed a start as an Eagle. Never missed a practice. Never missed a start. I was fortunate. But it happens. Guys get hurt. You can't worry. About, you can't play cautious. Football's not a cautious game. It's a physical game. It, that's why you put on a helmet. 
The ground catches everything that falls to the ground. It catches you. There's no errors. The ground's never made an error. You're going to hit the ground. Football's that kind of game. And I'm a firm believer in this. And, I, and they can say, well, he's old school. No, I'm not old school. I'm right school. I played the game of football. All right? And here's the deal. You have to get your body ready to play football. Well, how do you do that? There's some contact involved. This is not flag football. This is tackle football. And eventually, when the preseason starts, I'm not saying you got to play 50 plays or 60 plays in a game, but what I'm saying is, especially offensively, there's this collective group of players that have to play together because you play with the ball. And when you don't do that, that's why games are bad, guys. You look at some of these games, they were bad. It's hard to watch. Hey, Joe Burrows, did you see how he played against Cleveland? Josh Allen, did you see how he played? Patrick Mahomes, he didn't have Kelsey. You see how he played? I mean, it's just great. Well, let's, let's go further with that. Jalen Hurts uh, in, in game one. Very mediocre effort. Now, how much is that attributed to what Belichick was doing against him? Uh, because it, it looks like these these coaches this year are going to try to take away what he does best, that RPO. He, Belichick really schemed to take that away, and he looked a lot. He looked very tentative in the One first of the game. One best coaches to ever coach football was Bill Belichick. Look, when they when when I saw that on their schedule, they go to New England the first game. I went, eh, eh, be careful. This is I I I said it. I said this is going to be an ugly game. You're not going to run up and down the field on them. They're going to take A.J. Brown away. They're going to always have somebody accounted for the quarterback on the RPO. They're going to do that. And guess what? That's what they did. To Philadelphia's credit, they hung in there. They just kept battling. They kept battling. And they won. And, and it's a good win. Yeah, it is amazing in Philadelphia. You know how Philadelphia people are because they, they almost look at that game. Now that the Eagles have risen to this level, they always look like look at that game like it's a loss. Like they were, they were so disappointed. But you're right. They're, a good team will win a game like that, and, and they're 1-0. But back to the Hurts yeah. thing because this is now the next step for him, and, and coaches are going to be determined to do the same kind of thing that Belichick did. How, how do you see that playing out? This is where adjustments need to be made, right? and how you adjust um, to how people defend you or how you defend your opponent. And, and that's the strategy of the game of football. You know, the thing with, with Hertz is the thing you realize is that he makes the unscripted plays, plays you can't coach against because you don't know when it's going to happen and how he's going to do it. See, that's the new era of, of, of football, the unscripted play by the quarterback. In other words, free recess. You just go do something. Go make a play. And now that's become a part of the NFL, along with what you just mentioned, the RPOs. Look, before, you didn't even think about RPOing with a quarterback. Are you kidding me? I'm going to get my quarterback hit? Now, I think they ran him too much, along with Fields. I mean, Fields had 1,000 yards rushing. Quarterback? You're the quarterback. You don't need 1,000 yards rushing. But you, you, but you have to make sure that you hold the defense in check by running RPOs because now what you've done, basically, you've made it an 11-on-11 11 11 football. It used to be 11-on-10 11 because the quarterback didn't run. 
So you, you had an advantage on defense. That is not the case anymore. So now you run RPOs to check. I'm going to check the safety. I'm checking the end. I'm checking the linebacker. Who has the quarterback? On certain fronts, certain coverages, somebody's accounting for that quarterback. And here's where they're going to attack a Philadelphia on defense. They're going to attack their safeties in the passing game. That's the weakness that I see. I saw that last year. The weakness of the Eagles' defense is inside. Not outside, inside. How, 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 how do you attack the Philadelphia Eagles inside the numbers in the passing game? That showed up again now. They struggle in the middle of their defense, covering. And that's how people are going to attack them. I'm, look, I, you know, I've been watching this game a long time now. It, it, don't take, it don't take me long to figure it out. And I don't play anymore. I don't coach anymore, but I'm just a fan. I'm like everybody else. I'm a fan. I'm an Eagle fan. Okay? I got more Eagle they balls up here than you can imagine, right? <laughs> and so, and I'm not – they just fix that. You're absolutely right. They, that, it's interesting to me that the Eagles have always devalued linebackers who can cover, and and right now they are bare bones on the safety because the one guy that's starting this year who had some promised blanket ship is out tonight. So how does that play against Cousins and Justin Jefferson and T.J. Hawkinson and and all those guys that that Cousins can can throw to? Well, obviously, it, you negate some things by your rush, and that's what thing the Philadelphia Eagles can do. They can rush four guys and get there. Now they got a nice front. Um, you know, and, and knowing this, Kirk Cousins sometimes is, no, he did. Yeah, he did. He did it. He threw me another ball. That's what <laughs> happened to him last week. You know, I mean, he has a way of like, okay, you get an early Christmas present. Here it is. You know, when we, I, I can remember when we used to play quarterbacks like that going into the game, either when I was a player or a coach, the first thing we used to say is, if he throws it to you, don't drop it. Just don't drop it, right? And so that's what Kurt Cousins is going to do. He's going to throw it to you every once in a while, right? He just is, and you can't miss the opportunity to get the ball when he does. But, look, they're going to attack you inside. What kind of coverage is Jefferson, obviously, you got to deal with him. He's, he's a dynamic receiver. Uh, do you roll coverage to him at times and put people in one-on-one? Do you play more zone at times? You know, how are you going to structure your defense when you're a little bit wounded inside? I know this. You don't want your safeties covered. Yeah, and and uh, they're going to be shorthanded tonight. It's interesting because uh, Slay does not switch sides. So no. I would assume that Minnesota would attack them with against a, a novice starting corner. Job is going to start tonight because Bradbury's out. Yep. Uh, and then they're good, so they're going to have to probably roll coverage over that way. That's probably an advantage for the Vikings. Well, yeah, and I think you, you what you got to do is you got to be concerned when they put any top receiver in the slot because now they, they they got an advantage on you because you know, and that's why that nickel guy is so important. I mean, he is really important. I mean, a guy that I coached and, and, and going to, got into the Hall of Fame is Rondy Barber. He was a fantastic nickelback. Because that's your he, he, he's more he's more important in today's game than a corner. Because he has to play zone, he has to be a linebacker, he has to be a good tackler, he has to be a good blitzer. He does he wears all those hats, and he's got the hardest position to play inside the slot because the receiver has a two way go. He can't use the sideline like when you play corner, you use the sideline. When you're in the slot. 
you got a problem. We're talking to the great Herm Edwards. Herm, let me, you're a West Coast guy, and, and you come to Philly way back in the day. And, and you played on some bad teams, and all of a sudden Vermeil comes, and, and you guys find yourself in the Super Bowl. What was that transition like from a West Coast guy to be a, a Philly pro athlete? And, and recall what was that like playing within this fan base? It was fabulous. Because with the Sixers, you had Julius Irving, Mo Cheeks, Caldwell Jones, Henry Bibby. Uh, you had a great basketball team. In baseball, you had Mike Smith, Larry Boa. Lazinski, you had them all. And then we ended up getting Pete Rose. I mean, it was, you know, our lockers were joined together. So we had the same shower. I used to go sit in the dugout. I mean, I knew all the baseball players, the baseball players, knew all the football players. We watched the basketball players. It was actually a city that was well-connected in their sports. And, the, and, I say it, and I say it, and I'm proud to say it. Look, the Philadelphia Eagle fan, and I'll say this, is the most passionate fan in sports. And I get it. You got to earn their respect. You got to earn their respect. It's, it's a blue collar city. As long as you do that, they want you to win. But more important than winning, you better play hard. You better play hard. You better show up and you better play hard. And I understood that from the first time I walked in that place. My preseason, back in the day, there was only 14 regular season games, guys. There were six preseason games. And Dick Vermeil walked up to me before that first preseason game and told me, he said, look, you're a rookie, but you're starting. And you go in that preseason, and you don't come out until I tell you to come out. I said, coach, I got it. And I went in there, and by the middle of the end of the third quarter, I'm the rookie still in there, and, and there's about – we had 125 guys in training camp. Think about that. And they're just shuffling guys in after the first quarter. All the old vets are leaving, and I'm still out there, man. And I'm going, oh, man, I'm playing a lot of football, boy. <laughs> but he was getting me ready to start, right? And I, and I get it. I mean, I understood that. And I think the fan base, I never missed a game, guys. I never missed a start in Eagle history. I was it's pretty night. remarkable when you think about it. It really right? is. I never missed a start. I never, I never I, missed a practice. Guys. Yeah, and the way they Vermeil worked, you guys—they oh, they called oh. him Little Little Napoleon. They called him back, oh, back in the day. I loved him. I love. He was. We love that man. And that team is still connected. We're still connected, and it was, it was a fabulous run for all those teams back in the '80s. You know, I got there in '77, and we didn't get in the playoffs. And in '78, obviously, that play happened up in New York, and bop, all of a sudden, we figured out how to win, and. We got on a roll then, you know, we, we had a really good – and we played defense. I mean, we had a really good defense. Herm, um, you, you coached all over the place. And, yeah. um, and, you, and then you were a great analyst at ESPN. People loved to, to hear you. And then, and then you got the, the job at, at Arizona State and going back to college. At their, review that whole situation for me. And, and um, you know, how did you feel about moving into college at that stage of your career? And, and what was the difference in coaching college than, than pro? In pro football, they want to know how can they stay in the league. In college football, they're trying to get to the league. College football now is pro football. There's free agency, as we understand it, <laughs> right? Because of the new system that colleges. <laughs> so, so now you're recruiting your player. It, it's, it's, it's easier in pro football because when you sign a contract, it can't go anywhere. <laughs> in college football, they can leave. <laughs> and so you're, you're recruiting every day your players that aren't playing. 
because they might leave on you. But it's still teaching, and I love the teaching part of it. And this is what I really love doing, bringing along young coaches to put them in position where they could be head coaches and coordinators. I was giving back my experience to the game of football. That's what I love the most, just teaching the game of football, right? I mean, that's, that's what you are. You're a teacher. And all this, you know, I spent, what, 30 coaching and playing and being a head coach in the Cisco, 33 years in the National Football League. That was 33 years there, guys, in that league, coaching and playing, you know. So I wanted to give it back, and I wanted to bring young coaches in and, and give them the opportunities. And so it was a lot of fun. It really was. But there's so the players' mind, Did you find that players' mindset was different, college kids, than when yeah. you were a college kid? Because the coach had the hammer, and you feared, yeah. you almost feared the coach. So, like, what was the difference in, in the mindset here, of the here, young player? Here's the difference: how you word things. And I and I said, look, I told our staff this. It's very important you understand this. There's no more correction. There's direction. You got to give them direction. And here's the most important thing. Anytime you speak to a player, you got to tell him why first. Not how to do it, not when to do it, but this is why we're doing this. And then explain it. In my era, coach told you to jump, you jumped. You didn't ask any questions because you were threatening authority. Now? Oh, no, 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 no. And here's the hardest part is how do you keep them focused? Because there are so many people talking to them now on these pads, on these phones. I mean, these guys, even in pro football, at halftime, they run in there and look at the phone. And their buddies are texting them, telling the receiver, hey, man, they ain't throwed you but two balls, man. You better tell them. It's like, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess, man. And so, and, 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 but you know what? You signed on to do it. And that's the fun of it. You got yeah. to be able to relate to them, right? It, you got to yeah. it, be able to relate to young people. So in other words, you can't yell at them anymore because no. you'll lose them. So you got to right. find a different path. Direction. You give them direction. <laughs> That's what I call it. Direction. That's what you always say, son. I'm about to give you some direction now. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Herman. Last thing I want to talk about is the, the Jets. And obviously you yes. have familiarity with, with the Jets. It, it, mm -hmm. it is amazing to me that it's a franchise that just it just seems to have a cloud over it. And so what was your reaction when you saw the Aaron Rodgers thing? And then, you know, lead into this. Now they're, they're carping about the, the Player Association is coming out with you, you got to have all grass fields and all this stuff. What, what was your reaction to all that? Well, first of all, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers because he was really all he, he was all into this thing. And uh, he gave them the ability now to have a chance to, 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 to really have a chance because this was a team that couldn't score any points. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to throw at least two touchdowns a game. So you got 14 already. You get a kicker, kicks two field goals. You got 20. You're in the game. You got a, you got a, you got a big-time defense. You got a playoff defense. And to get hurt after the fourth play, it was hard to watch. You know, and, and injury is part of it. You know, and, and losing quarterbacks, look, hey, I, I lost Chad Pennington. I, you know, I, I lost Trent Green. I mean, the one year in, in New York, I, I played five quarterbacks, guys. Five of them in one season. That's, that's, that's awful, right? <laughs> so, but they still got a chance. They ended up winning because Buffalo, you know, gave them 
early Christmas present, turn it over four times, ended up winning. Going forward, I think their mindset is we got to continue to play this way. You know, New York, it's always bigger and better because it's the apple. You get it. I was in that arena. You know, it's funny because you just mentioned it. We won a division, I think, in 2002. The Jets, we won a division, right? They ain't won a division since. It's I, a mess. <laughs> it really, it's hard. It's it's been it's been it's a total hard. mess, and I I feel for the fans. They're so uh, Jets fans are a special breed, and their their whole season looked like it was it's been undercut now in, in four plays, which is it's sad, really. What do you think about it? Yeah, for, for all parties, for all you know what for all parties though, not just Jet fans, just if you're a yeah. fan, because a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers' status, you want to look. He was trying to do what Brady did. When he went to Tampa and in Stafford, when he went to the Rams, I'm going to a new team. I'm going to try to win a Super Bowl for him. Right. That, I mean, that, that's why he picked the Jets. There's a reason he picked the Jets. He sits there and says, these guys got a big time defense. I got some pretty good young receivers, you know, and I got a chance and everybody felt it. And, it, and look, and I, and I work for the worldwide leader, like you guys said. The team we talk about the most, no matter what happens, is who? The Dallas Cowboys. And I'm like, we talked about the Jets more than we talked about the Dallas Cowboys. I said, how can you do that? You know? I mean, it's, come on. Because you always got to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a shame. The and, and they have, what, six Jerry, national Jerry TV just, games? Yeah, Jerry gives you layups, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Herm, listen. It's been a pleasure, and I really appreciate when you used to come on with me in, uh, at Radio in Philly and, and now uh, joining the podcast. Uh, always great to talk to you, and hopefully we can do this up the road, okay? We'll do it, man. And hey, Fly, Eagles, fly. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Herm Edwards, the great Herm Edwards. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, my friend. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our fearless picks of the week. Of course, you know, we want you to use the Bet Rivers app to make your picks. You can go online. In fact, I played a teased parlay on my Bet Rivers app uh, for tonight. Uh, so let's let's look at the parlay offered by Bet Rivers. As soon as you log in to your Bet Rivers app, the parlay will come up. Now uh, I played this parlay, Darren, plus twelve hundred on the parlay. The e- the game has to go over thirty seven and a half. The Eagles minus six and a half. Goddard to score a touchdown, A.J. Brown to score a touchdown. Those four things have to happen at plus 1,200. I played it. How do you like it? I, I think that's what they need to do tonight. They need to go after Goddard. They need to or, or so to Goddard and Brown early and often, as I said. Um, over 37, is that a tease down? Isn't the, isn't the total higher than that? It's over 37 and a half on the parlay. Okay. On the, okay. Um, I, the only thing I don't like is I'm not sure the Eagles cover the six and a half. Okay. All right. Well, hey, listen, I took a shot at plus 1,200. Yeah, it's good. It's good value. Oh, if it comes in, uh, good. And if it doesn't, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, okay. Our, uh, picks of the week. Now, I, I like two college games this week more than the pros. The pros are tough for me this week. Uh, so uh, let's start with, with college. Uh, that, Penn State is being devalued. They're a good team. They're at Illinois this week. Um. They're minus 15 in Illinois. It almost seems too easy to me. I think they'll bury Illinois in this game. Um, so, But I don't know whether to play that or play Washington at Michigan State. Because the Washington Huskies are a team that's determined to get into this thing. And they got to put up big scores 
to um, impress. They're minus 15 at Michigan State. Of course, Michigan State's going through this horrible scandal with the head coach and the whole bit. So they're a mess right now. So I'm going to ride both of them. I'll take PSU minus 15 and Washington Huskies minus 15. And I'll come back with one pro game. I can't understand how this is the line. So again, it's one of those things that gets my attention. Now, I kind of like the Chargers minus three at the Titans. I kind of like the Bengals minus three and a half against the Ravens. But my official play this week will be the Falcons plus one against a very impressive Packer team from last week. What is Vegas seeing that I'm not seeing? Well, I got to ride with them. The Falcons plus ones means they can win this game. I'll go with Atlanta. All right, Darren, what are your selections? I like that game a little bit. I looked at that game a little bit. Um, I have two pro games. Sometimes I'll give you three, but I'm usually just going to give you two pro games each week. I like the Chargers minus three at Tennessee. Uh, don't forget in that game last week, you know, the Chargers lit up Miami for 34. Uh, Tennessee is nowhere near the offense that Miami has. I think the Chargers win that game on the road and cover the three. I like it. Um, and I like Buffalo, another road favorite, minus eight and a half. At Vegas, that the Raiders won last week against, you know, a, a Denver team that I don't know what to make of, even with Sean Payton, at head coach. The Bills are embarrassed and pissed off, and I think you're going to see them. Actually, that game's in Buffalo, I believe. I have to double check that. But either way, I like Buffalo minus the eight and a half. So Chargers. All right. So you're Bills. not going with man crush this week. Joe Burrow, I think the rebound hurt. against the Ravens as a favorite at home. Yeah, no, I'm not touching the Bengals until uh, I know Burrow's healthy. Okay. It's the Mike Missanelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for some fantasy sports knowledge with our expert, Tony Cotillo, covering fantasy sports for Win Daily Sports and Sirius XM Channel 87 on the weekends. He is brought to you by Rise and React Media. Tony, how you feeling? I know you had some... Some uh, some fluid fluish problem, a little COVID action. How you feeling now? Yeah, I'm doing good, Mike. I'm doing good. Finally got my voice back yesterday, so uh, you know people are gonna start to hear me a little more now. So I went quiet for a little bit, but now I'm back. Well, and, uh, great that you're you're recovering well. I know um, it's it can kick your butt, so we're glad to have you here. So let's let's first start our fantasy uh, look with the, tonight's game with the Eagles and the Vikings. And whether you like anybody in this game, Jalen Hurts very average last week. Do you the chance coming back with him? Do you see a bounce back game? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I, you know, I'm really curious to see what Jalen Hurts comes out and does. I mean, you would think that obviously Dallas Goddard is going to get more than zero, right? That's uh, obvious. But I'm actually looking on the other side of the ball. I, you know, the, the Eagles have major holes right now in the secondary with no Bradbury, with no Blankenship. And Jordan Addison showed he caught one touchdown last week. He should have caught two. He was open in the red zone a lot. And Kirk Cousins was firing last year. So everybody's saying, listen, Justin Jefferson, I'm not worried about Justin Jefferson. He's going to get his. I'm worried about Jordan Addison. Uh, interesting. Yeah, because I, I the coverage is going to be weird tonight. Josh, Josh Job is going to be your starter. And, uh, yep. you know, Slay doesn't bounce around. So I would assume Minnesota would line him up against Job all, all, all game. Yeah, exactly. And that's what does I'm that make, at that, because... that doesn't make him a play, though, in your mind? Who, wait, who, who, who doesn't make Justin him a play? Jefferson. Justin Talking Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, to me, is... It, I, I, nah, nah, he's going to have to be on Slay. I'm looking at Slay on him all day. I mean, really? and, and that's why with Joe being on Addison, uh, I really think, or even, even okay. K.J. Osborne, those two other receivers are going to have a lot of room to work. 
All right. Now, uh, let, let's. By the way, Gannon had uh, Slay on Jefferson all day last year as he well. He did. I don't know if the style will do it. But, okay. But yeah. Uh, but he doesn't usually like to flop them. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, now, uh, here's a, a, a TJ Hawkinson seems to have a, a really big advantage tonight in this game. And and I'm, I'm curious to know whether you see the same thing. The linebackers are really and the safeties are really depleted right now for the uh, for the Eagles. Yeah, a hundred percent. When you're looking at tight ends, especially on a week where you don't know what Travis Kelsey is going to be, right? So, in my opinion, I'm looking at Hawkinson as being the number one fantasy tight end this week, specifically for what you said. That linebacker core is depleted; they can't cover anybody in the red zone. And Hawkinson makes a a living in the flat on those little wheel routes that go in the post. So, I really, really like Hawkinson this week. He might have a double touchdown week tonight. All right. Um, any play on Eagles running backs tonight? Because they're going to have to play Swift and Penny. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. I, You know, Mike, I, I have to say, and I think you know this from all your years doing this, you know, listen to the local people. And I say this all the time. When the local people speak, they're the ones who cover the team. And and I went back and forth with the Kenny G. I told you about that last week. And then who was the starting running back? Kenny G. So now everybody's going to come back and be like, oh, Kenny G's not the starter. Yeah, it's only because he's hurt, right? So I think tonight you're going to get to see DeAndre Swift. But I really think that Boston Scott's going to play a key mm -hmm. role tonight, man. I, I just have a feeling that. You know, they're going to try to utilize him a lot in a passing game to really get that that game going with Jalen Hurts. Okay, let's move on to some games to watch as you've zeroed in on some, some mismatches. So let's start with Detroit-Seattle. 174 points scored between these two teams the last two meetings. So where are you going with this? Oh man, I'll tell you what. They're they're this is like fantasy heaven. This is like last week we talked about the Chargers and the Dolphins. You saw how that game came out. And this week it's Detroit and Seattle. So on the Seattle side, listen, Gino. DK, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, to me, is one of my best running back plays this week. 5.3 yards per carry. Had more targets than we thought with five. And if that continues, he's going to shoot up the running back rankings board as being one of those bell cow kind of backs. DK, only five, four or five catches last week, or actually three catches for 47, but he scored, and that's important. And on the other side, I can't believe I'm going to do this, but... I'm going to go in on Jared Goff. Four touchdowns last year's game. I'm in Miles St. Brown. had nine targets in week one. Looking to break last year's 146 overall. So he's definitely a star. But look at Sam Laporta from the tight end position. This is a litany of Iowa tight ends, right? Dallas Clark, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, which we just talked about, and Noah Font. They all produced. Laporta produced last week and showed that he's Goff's go-to guy in a flat. All right, uh, your game of the week, KC uh, Jacksonville. I, this is a hard one for me to call, but uh, for fantasy people, to, to talk to me about the value. Yeah, the fantasy. Listen, this is the fantasy. This is going to be huge fantasy numbers in this game. Now, weather could be an issue, so keep an eye on it. Right now, it looks like there's some showers back, so we got to keep an eye on that. But there's no way, in my opinion, that Sky Moore is not the number one receiver and number one option besides Travis Kelsey on this team. They gave Tony a shot last week. He stunk, can't be trusted. So there's no way that Sky Moore doesn't take over this game, especially in the middle of the field. And we know Andy Reid's going to have some gadget plays as well. And on the other side, Calvin Ridley looked like he never skipped a beat. Told everybody before that he didn't go out because of an ACL injury. He went out because he gambled, right? So he came back, cut, ripped, had eight catches, touchdown, and Travis Etienne, everybody was worried about him. He had 80 percent the running back touches last week and he faces a soft kc front with or without chris jones all right let's move on to some uh, confident studs and uh i know you're high on, on james cook and and he really uh, 
he does look like he's got some special stuff. So you like him this week as well? Yeah, I love James Cook. I was touting James Cook in the offseason. I drafted him on every single one of my teams. And he just has a burst that shows he's ready for prime time. And the biggest thing, Mike, in, in fantasy is who's your competition? There's no competition in carries out there in Buffalo. Harris and Murray were the backups. They sold six total touches. That's it. And he's facing a Raiders team, finished 29th against the run last year. So Josh Allen's mistakes, to me, makes the offense adjust a little bit with more runs and targets for Cook. All right, two other guys you like. Confidence does. Zay Flowers, good like. And uh, Nico Collins. Yeah, Zay Flowers, we, we just saw it last week. Ten targets, nine catches, 90% target-to-catch ratio, even had two rushes. And now with Dobbins out, he's going to be leaned on even more. He's special. Reminds me of Steve Smith. He's that uncoverable out there. And Nico Collins, listen, he's on a bad team, but he's the wide receiver number one, makes great adjustments on the ball, and that's key to a rookie running uh, quarterback. All right, skeptical stars. Very interesting. These are guys that uh, you, you normally get your attention, but you're disproving their uh, their contributions. Anaji uh, Harris, uh, and of course Archbishop Wood's finest, Mr. Pitts. Yeah, listen, Najee scares me, man. I, I I told everybody I was scared, and one of my bold statements in the preseason was Jalen Warren will be their starting running back by year end. Listen, Najee's touchdown dependent. That means he needs to get in the end zone to give you a good count in fantasy, and he has a putrid yards per carry at 3.8, and Warren continues to look better. His yards per carry is over 4.5, and, and he's just a better back right now. And Kyle Pitts, one target again. I say this all the time in fantasy. Don't draft guys with stiffs as quarterback. And, and the, the lack of confidence in Ritter, he only threw 18. I know he's 15 for 18, but only 18 attempts. It'll leave the more short passes and runs, which means more pits in the blocking scheme. Yeah, which is really interesting because I'm looking at this game, and it's such a line for Atlanta. They're, they're only plus one against the Packers. It's fooling me here. I know. Uh, it, really? So maybe he maybe he comes back and, and has a big game here. Kyle Pitts, you, you know, when he was drafted, everybody thought he was the next thing, and it hasn't really turned out that way let's go diamonds in the rough now tony um you like adam troutman and zach Ertz as diamonds in the rough this week yeah, we got to go old school, Mike. We got to go back to fly, goes fly, goes Zach Ertz. Listen, he just continues to get it done, man. Ten targets. Once again, Dobbs throwing to him. He was consistently targeting the red zone, making cuts. Uh, this this dude's just everywhere. It's amazing. And he is the most undervalued fantasy player um, in all of football. And Adam Troutman, listen, in 2021, he had six-plus games with six or more targets. He knows how to get open. Sean Payton moved on from AO. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name he's on the philadelphia eagles now i'm gonna kill it so let's not do it um and right and 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 right now you still have judy banged up dolchik is out and troutman is the starter and mike one last thing pump play pure pump play look at baker mayfield this week i'm just throwing it out there i think me or you mike could have threw some touchdowns against that chicago secondary <laughs> yeah you're probably right about that that line reflects it a little bit tony Cotillo, always great to touch base great knowledge great information and we will talk to you next week of course tony Cotillo covers fantasy sports for a win daily sports sirius sm channel 87 on the weekends and he's brought to you by rise and react media stay healthy brother thanks man it's the mike missanelli podcast on the bet rivers network Let's close it down. A reminder, this podcast brought to you by the great people at Bet Rivers. Don't forget to get that Bet Rivers app. You get all kinds uh, of prop bets you can put in. It's a lot of fun to get that Bet Rivers app uh, on your phone. Also, uh, stay tuned tonight because I'll be doing the Jacob Media Post Game Show live from Ocean Casino. So a late night for Mikey Miss as I got to 
head down to Atlantic City in a little bit. Get ready for that game. Our post-game show will come on after the game, which means that I will be on the air probably until 2 a.m. tonight, Darren. How you, what do you think of that? I guess I'll have to stay up late and watch you. So there you I'm go. working hard for the money. Uh, also, stay tuned to tomorrow. My Friday blog will be on MikeMiss.com, but also we are doing another special podcast, a post-game podcast, probably be a short one, just to analyze what happened in tonight's game. We'll do that. Uh, for a special recording of the Mike Masselli podcast on Friday. And as always, you can get in touch with me on uh, uh, email, mike at mikemiss.com. That's mike at mikemiss.com. That's my website. Love to hear from some people. We'll read some of your emails on the air if they're really interesting. And that's about it. For producer Darren, I am Mike Missinelli. This is the Mike Missinelli podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Missinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.